welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video, video extravaganza known worldwide. Hi, Mom. As the internationally famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen, show number 269. We are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My favorite and thing. So our uh, wine expert, Mark Burrell, was actually scheduled to be on today, and they had some, some craziness, I guess, with... Uh, uh, I, I guess they may have lost one of the hosts or the um, the sommeliers at the uh, at the restaurant. Oh, so he, his schedule twisted all around. And he was he was trying to make it work, but in the end, he was uh, he had to cry cry wolf and and do that. So we will schedule him at another time. He is uh, thankfully let us know in time, so we you know weren't sitting here going, "Hey, where the heck is Mark?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but uh, we will have him back. Now we won't be talking wines for Valentine's Day. That's what we were going to have him do. So maybe you'll just have to. Play a little Valentine's Day love song on the ukulele or something. To Just an old-fashioned love song. There you go, playing on the ukulele. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we are uh, we are really thrilled to be here today for show number two hundred and sixty-nine. That puts That's, us uh, halfway to three hundred. Halfway to three hundred. I'm very excited about uh, getting to three hundred. We got a plan for something, uh, you know, something really and big. something ridiculous. Yeah, something big and something exciting. Um, so. Uh, I wanted to do something before we get it. Well, let me first tell you what we're going to be checking out. Now, I brought this beer. I know you've already had this, and I know you've already told me you love it. But I thought we should taste it and talk about it on the show anyway. I brought 11 Below Brewing's Goat Getter. It's their Texas box. I mean, yeah. Well, I've, I've been personally trying to drink them out of it since <laughs> well, it came out. It is a limited release. It's, yes. a, it's a seasonal. So uh, I thought, you know what, just because you've had it doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about it on the show <laughs> so uh so and this is the second uh candidate that i bought the first one actually i gave to you as a show beer the oh, uh, so a couple of shows ago so you so, haven't tried it so i have not okay. tried it so this will be a first for me so very excited about it uh also we'll be uh trying from main beer company their lunch ipa main lunch beer. lunch yeah and lunch is not it's not named lunch because they think you should have it at noon instead of your sandwich or or you know, cup of soup or whatever. It's named Lunch because that's the name of a whale that has been sighted off the uh, coast there, I guess, at Freeport. And apparently it got nicknamed Lunch because there's a big chunk taken out of one of its fins or something. Ouch. And people said, oh, somebody had a bite of him for lunch, and that became <laughs> the whale became, became known as Lunch. And apparently, apparently he's been there for a long time, or at least seasonally in that area, so... They named a beer after him. Ah. So lunch is uh, our IPA we will try today. And then from um, Brooklyn Brewery, their black chocolate stout. It is an imperial stout, and I'm, I have not tried that it either. So really, I like Brooklyn Brewery makes great stuff. They really do. I love their uh, their lagers and IPAs, mm -hmm. and uh, so I have not had a stout from them, so I'm excited for us to try that today. Nice. Uh, and then you brought from your uh, collection uh, the Glen Scotia Double Cask uh, Whit Whiskey. Yes. From Scotland. Did that just change directions on Mr. Twirligig? It did. <laughs> that is so weird when that happens. Uh, Mr. Twirligig Jr. has a mind of his own, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, he, he twirls to the beat of his own drum. So what do you know about this uh, about this particular whiskey? So this is one that is always on my shelf. Oh, so this is a, this is a regular for you. This is a regular for me. And actually, when my brother was in town over the holidays, uh, he was interested in something... Uh, Light and delicious mm -hmm. uh, in the on the Scotch side, and I said, "Well, I've got something unique because there are not very many Campbelltown whiskeys. So there's five regions of mm -hmm. 
whiskey. This is the Campbelltown. There's about three of them out there. And Glen Scotia um, is one of them. And Glen Scotia is one of them. Uh, this thing keeps reversing directions. Very blur. <laughs> I'm going to keep hitting that button until it does what I want. But uh, this, uh, and, and and I only had, I think. <laughs> I'm sitting here watching him. He's just like. <laughs> I only had, I think, um, I think I only had like uh, a few drinks out of it. Um, okay. uh, left out of it. When my brother was in town, so we're gonna stop looking at that now. We're just okay, gonna it yeah, it's gonna have to do what it does. It's yeah, there you go. <laughs> then, then the label will be kind of, sort of <laughs> to the front. So, uh, uh, so, and then I finished the bottle, and I and I just remember it had been a while since I drank it, and I thought to myself, "Man, that's so good." I forgot how much I love it. I've talked it up. I've told people, you know, buy this if you want something that's not your typical scotch and you don't want something very uh, peaty and that kind of stuff. You're going to let that bother you, right? Yeah, I'm trying not to look. <laughs> I'm stop, trying. Stop looking at this. <laughs> oh, Mr. Twirly gig. There, we stopped it. Okay. Okay. Um, anyway, so uh, so I, I, I thought to myself, man, I always have this on my shelf and I uh, just ran out of it. So I need to remember to go buy and get one. And then I just haven't been by the liquor store. I haven't had a whole lot of uh, reason to go by. And then when you said, hey, do you have a whiskey to bring for the show? I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I do because I've been needing to go by and get it. So this is a brand new bottle. All right. Very excited. As you can see, we're going uh, full on um, full on danger today because I have not, yes. I have not cleared the uh, the the cellophane off the top and i have not no, uh, cleared the, the neck, neck of it yeah, so there's yeah, danger so. of spillage and there's danger of getting a little plastic well, cut from you know we we do what we need to do here at smoking and toasting so you so we can drink and so you can uh, i have I, I have eye protection though, yeah i so see I'm that that's okay. good you get the glasses today so that's good um other things coming up on the show uh super bowl is this weekend and i've decided that i am going to be rooting for the cincinnati bengals uh, over the Los Angeles Rams. I, I don't really have a vested interest in either team, but the reason, one of the reasons I've decided to root for the Bengals is I really like their young quarterback, Joe Burrow, and he started a tradition for himself that after he wins any championship game, he has a victory cigar. So he won the championship game, I think, in college, and he had one. Uh -huh. And then he won the, a uh, the AFC championship two weeks ago, and he had one after that. Those are actually his first two cigars. So, <laughs> so it's a brand new tradition for Joe, but he seems right. to really enjoy it. So That's I'm, awesome. I'm That's hoping awesome. he'll be lighting up a victory cigar after the Super Bowl. See, man, remember when uh, the oh, Bengals and, were awesome in, what was that, the early 70s? Yeah, I think it was, think it was maybe. <laughs> it was back when they had the like, leather. Right about the year I was born. They had, they had the leather helmets, I think, back then. Yeah, when the Bengals, right. No, but uh, actually, if you'll hold on a second, I've got a. Use, um, they didn't have shoulder pads. They just wore three shirts. I've got to use Cash App to send uh, money to the NFL because I said Super Bowl three times. So that's uh, oh, seventy-eight dollars. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the Super Bowl, and uh, uh, Mary's going to be preparing a uh, really nice, you know, uh, nothing good for you in it uh, feast. Oh yeah, and uh, I'll be drinking plenty of beer. So I'm very oh, excited yeah. about the whole thing. I'll do my uh, traditional. Um, I'll just take my TV outside and sit outside and have cigars yeah, and watch that's it. that's good. That's good. That's, you know. Mm -hmm. I like it. <laughs> uh, also on today's show, we're going to be talking about uh, the consensus cigars. We mentioned this last week, but did not get to the list. That's mm -hmm. the list that Half Wheel puts together, where they take all these year-end cigar lists and they do their best to kind of conglomerate them into one list. That's so the I'm problem with that. a guy like Trey Boring. Unlike his name would suggest, he actually is quite an interesting fellow. Yes. And, uh, and, and you know, when you have interesting fellows on the show, it 
tends to take a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's like that, you know. I'm glad he was here, though. Thank you, Trey, for being on the program last week. Uh, also today, we will be delving into the best whiskeys of 2021. Pace Magazine has a list. Oh, that sounds fun. Look at that. So you, we can see if you agree or disagree or what you've had. and, and uh, it should, it, the, the lists are always fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. and, uh, of course, Drinking News, our very drinking popular news. segment, will be coming up uh, here in just a little bit. And that will be uh, courtesy of our Drinking News teaser headline. Hey, hey, you're the monkeys. And so look forward to now, who's news your favorite monkey later on the show. Was it was it, was it Mike Dolan? No, or Nesmith. Peter was, Tork. Nesmith was my favorite. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, he, he passed away this last year too. Yeah, I heard about that. So, he was the only one that had any real musical talent in the Monkees. Yeah, yeah, he was like actually him. he was, was actually a musician before yeah, the show. Yeah, right. Instead of hey, you got the part now, learn to play guitar. <laughs> um, you know who played guitar on almost all the Monkey stuff? Who? Howard Roberts. No kidding. Yeah, that's yeah. Not, there's no bad guitar playing legendary, on any monkey stuff. Legendary yeah. guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> there's no bad yeah. guitar playing on all that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not the hugest monkeys fan, but uh, hey, they covered Neil Diamond, so you got to love them for that. There's that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I want to do something. We haven't done this in a while. Um, I have brought a mystery beer today, which is something I want to pour for you and for Adam, and we will uh, we will taste it without you knowing what exactly it is, and then we'll reveal that after you tell me what you think. Is that fair enough? Yeah, okay. All right. So we're, we're, We haven't done that in a while. We're sitting really close, so you're going to have to like promise to just look away and not peek while I pour. Okay. Is that fair? Yep. All right, you do that. I'll I'm going to look off into the distance over here. Yeah. I think the last time we did this, you were further around, but we got the smoking and Toasting banner up there now, so... Uh, no, so I like that the, the mystery beer is only a mystery for me. Like, that's a... Like you're just gonna basically well, how can it be put a mystery? me on the spot? How can it be a mystery for me? I haven't. Uh, I, I had to bring it. But you just have to not pay attention when I've, you go buy beer. That's, I never, mean, I've done that many times where I get stuff home. <laughs> I'm like, where the hell did this come from? How did this get in well, my cart? I, I do want to say that I have not tasted this, so uh, <laughs> so that it, it has that going for it. I'm so. still I'm still looking. I'm I'm gazing out of the window. I feel like I'm on uh, on a, on an album cover where I'm just. Looking off into the distance, you're gazing you know? across the mindless expanse. Is that right. what you're doing? I'm not smiling, so I could almost be in a rock album or a metal album. <laughs> so uh, that's good. Yeah. Or like one of those old photographs. You remember when they when they used to take old photographs and nobody smiled? And, right. And it was like, <laughs> Don't uh, smile. Yeah, it was kind of like I'm not smiling because if I do, this camera will steal my soul. <laughs> All right, you can look now. Thank you okay. for your. Cooperation. I'm looking. I'm just going to switch glasses that, with you because I, I don't want to be accused of pouring more. That is very you. strawberry looking. Yes, yes. So this is uh, this is the mystery beer, and uh, I'm going to be really interested to see what you think of this. Be really interested to see what I think of it too. Mm. What is it? Yeah, what that's does it got smell like it something like, on the nose, doesn't it? Smell, hold on. There's a there's a familiar smell going on there. It's a Feels like I've smelled it at Taco Bell. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a, some kind of like uh, I almost I almost have my finger. What does it smell like? Mm, taste it. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and taste it and forget what I'm smelling. There's something I'm smelling there. It's a tasting it may help you. Not getting it. Well, your expression well, is just priceless. I want you to know that. That that's exactly what I was smelling. That's um, it's tomato. Okay, so yeah, so it's like it's like a 
like a V8 is what I'm mm-hmm. smelling. Like it's, it's it very kind of, vegetal. It, it kind of tastes like a uh, a beerish V8. <laughs> well, here's the reveal. Mm. I don't know that the second sip was all that much better. This is the Soul uh, Shalata. And I got to tell you, it's fucking terrible. It's <laughs> it tastes like a sweaty armpit. It tastes like a sweaty armpit, is what Adam said. That's good. I love it. Uh, I yeah, love it. yeah, I mean, uh, uh. The, but, what it's left in my mouth is is a travesty. Here's what it says. A flavorful and refreshing mix of soul beer. Okay, hold on. I've, they got the I've first word right. It is flavorful. <laughs> yeah. Like This is not lacking in flavor, that's for sure. Uh, soul beer with natural tomato, spice, and lime flavors. Uh, beer with natural flavored and artificial color. Oh, so they put artificial color in it. I mean, maybe if we toss some vodka in here and a celery stick. Yeah. So you know? I'm not the hugest Bloody Mary person to begin with. There are times when that's just exactly what you want and need, but I don't drink them often. And that's what it kind of reminds me of is just like V8 or Bloody Mary with a... It's with a bloody beer. beer? A bloody beer. That sounds a little more British than well, we want to be. It's bloody awful. I can <laughs> it's <you> bloody awful. <laughs> so, all right. Well, you don't have to drink anymore, but uh, I thought I thought we would try this. This just God, this just caught us. my attention. I was like, wow, people actually look how this. Look how weird and sickly the uh, the uh, uh, foam on the top yeah, looks. I, can't, I, I don't know if I can get the camera <laughs> to look down in there, but it, it's, it looks uh, kind of ugly and... Yeah, it kind of does. It, it looks like it's maybe pa- a post peak, you know. Maybe it expired a, a, a month or two ago. You know. <laughs> How so would you I'm be thinking. able to tell? Yeah, has anyone out there ever had? A, you know, it's not an unpopular style of beer, at least here in Texas, I think, because you, you see uh, different. Uh, there are different companies that yeah, make it. Different companies make it. I think Budweiser has one, and I think, uh, and you can get. Micheladas at a number of restaurants yeah, yeah, here, yeah. Uh, where they basically pour your beer into a tomato juice, I guess. Oh yeah, or a V eight. But uh, yeah, it's, it's don't forget the clamata. That's really it's, oh, that's yeah. you know. That, I try to keep from catching that if I can. I want to. Uh, I want. I want to thank you for this. Actually, yeah, uh, you have done me quite the favor because I sometimes am uh, am a victim of my own snobbiness in right. certain ways. I really try not to be snobby about most things. Uh, I'll give almost anything a try, but this chalada beer in a can thing is something I've been ignoring since its inception. And with I have never tried it. Your instincts are and good, And I was my never friend. really interested in trying it because <laughs> yeah. I thought to myself, well, I like to drink good beer. Right. And that makes me feel like maybe I was being a little bit on the snooty side. But yeah. you have actually justified everything I've thought about I was going to say, you were right on the money, my friend. Right oh. on the money. Oh. 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 That's not good. Oh, the that belch is, was... That is... That is not good. Here, go back to your uh, <laughs> go back to your H town pills, your show beer. I mean, I even tried a second sip to see if it would, but it got worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say it has just about ruined this juicy IPA that's my show beer. Because now these these two Oh, I bet those flavors two are don't, so bad. These together. two don't work oh, at all. Oh, it doesn't go well with I'm, this either. I'm trying to drown it out, but it uh, doesn't go well with this. It actually <laughs> makes my beer taste bitter and mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, so there you have it. Oh, I'm going to have to wash my mouth out with scotch. <laughs> uh, we will be telling you about some new cigars to watch for today. I have today. to use scotch as a palate cleanser, man. And uh, uh, 11 beers that you can never drink again. And This is one this, of this them. Is one of them. <laughs> 
<laughs> Once is enough, my friend. <laughs> yes, I believe it is. <laughs> so if there's anyone who's you know on the um, on the Facebook feed or who actually likes Shalatas, uh, uh, please my chime buddy in. Duke says. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, I, I call him Duke. His, uh, his his name's Nick. He said. Uh, he said uh, he's not a Chilada guy. He didn't like him yeah, either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if there's anybody that does like them, tell tell us what we're missing. Like what what are we not getting here? Because obviously they wouldn't be producing these <laughs> for all these years if no one was buying man, them. Man, somebody's right? buying them, but that ain't good, man. Uh, yeah. I just want to shout out to uh, old high school friend Joe Ramos. I haven't seen him since uh, since high school. Actually, wow. he's a see. He's watching the show. Well, Hi, Joe. <laughs> we we did a shalot especially for you, Joe. <laughs> you I hope you're not one of those yeah. guys going, man. I really like that. No, I mean, they, they, man, they make all kinds of weird stuff. Though. Yeah, they do. they do. I have a buddy of mine that'll drink beer, and he has that twang salt stuff that he just. Oh yeah. Like before yeah. every sip, he pours it right on the lip of the beer and oh, then yeah. drink it. Yeah, yeah. Well. I make fun of him for that. <laughs> you probably should. <laughs> um, so let's move on to something more uh, tasty, hopefully. Uh, have you had an opportunity to smoke anything interesting? It's a this funny week? story. I went to Casa de Monte Cristo this morning. Oh, uh, yeah. I did not stay there. Oh, yeah? No, I got out of the car and realized I forgot my wallet at home. Oh, it's like, ah. So I ran back I hate home. when that happens. Uh, which which put me in a little bit of a time crunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to find a short cigar, but that's okay because I don't have a whole lot of variations in my uh, humidor right now. So I mm-hmm. went to my bottom shelf, which is where I keep my Cuban cigars, and I don't have very many of those left either. And I grabbed out the uh, Monte Cristo Petit Tubo, oh. which is the same size as the Monte Cristo Number 4. So mm-hmm. this is a Cuban cigar. It's a small one. Uh, and it's a 5 by 42 so mm-hmm. Petit Corona is, is what they... Uh, what the actual size is. Uh, wrapper, binder, and filler are all obviously Cuban. Mm-hmm. The appearance, milk chocolate, medium firmness, some veins, classic Monte Cristo label. Uh, the big difference you see is uh, is subtle, actually. It just says Cuba underneath yeah. it. So. Or Havana sometimes, they'll say, yeah. you know, on the labels. Yeah. So uh, the uh, pre-light sniff on this traditional tobacco, light spice, fermented hay, slightly floral smell to it. The uh, pre-light draw, I used a clip. It had a little bit of a tight draw. Now, now, I also want to point out that this has been sitting in my humidor for the greater part of eight to ten years. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, so it even had a little bit of, uh, a little bit of uh, uh, what do you call it, like the, uh, it's this uh, little fuzzy stuff on it. I had to oh, right, it off, I, know, I know what you're talking about. it gets that, after yeah. a uh-huh, while. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. That just that comes to the surface yeah, of the, just of a the little wrapper bit. leaf. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the pre-light uh, draw, a little bit of a tight draw, rich earth, wood, spice, and floral with a little bit of tea leaf as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I assume this has picked up some of the cedar uh, cedar flavors that I, uh, some of the big cedar flavors that I got from my humidor. Probably, you know, I mean, that's yeah. that's something that happens when a cigar sits in there a long time, and that's a good thing, mm-hmm. right? So uh, the initial light on this big, rich smoke, I mean, the smoke just was like big, huge billows of smoke coming out almost immediately. It was fantastic. Uh, tangy pepper and uh, coffee blast right off the beginning. Uh, fresh cut lumber, underlying spiciness. The first third of the cigar. Um, I wrote down here, uh, Cuban tobacco has a distinctive earthiness and spice. This is just something mm-hmm. like when you smoke a few Cuban cigars, and it doesn't take many. Like, you just smoke a few, you'll kind of get what it is. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. there's just a certain flavor that it has. And this that had it in spades. It has a distinctive earthiness and spiciness. This is a class. This is as classic as a cigar can taste. Rich earth, fermented hay, dominate the palate with subtle notes of wood, nuts, campfire, and a tangy spice. Coffee and pepper is a foundation underneath everything. Retrohale is cedar, earth, and pepper with a touch of sweetness. 
Solid ash, perfect burn. Hmm. You can see all after, that. After what? How many years in your humidor? After eight, at least eight. I, I suspect cool. it's closer to ten. But cool. <laughs> that means you do a good job of humidor management. Yeah, well, I really try. I really try. You know, I, I pay attention to it at least every few months. You know, I watch the the uh, time on it and everything. This is actually look at the uh, foam on this is actually turning more it's, red it's as we disgusting. go along. It's really looking it worse. <laughs> it's gross. Uh, the second third of this cigar, earthy and nutty flavors are constant. Pepper, spices, coffee, and wood in abundance. Um, like I, I put down here, I, I was kind of starting to wax poetic here. Like a master artisan uses, utilizing a limited color scheme, the the finish piece is augmented rather than diminished by the lack of complexity. Uh, retrohale, spicy coffee, uh, and slightly sweet, uh, solid ash, perfect burn. And what I mean by all that is... Um, Cigar if you, good? If you have, yes, cigar good. That's in short, yes. Uh, you can be creative with a lot of, let's put it in artist terms, you can be creative with a lot of material or a lot of colors. Mm -hmm. When you only have a few. When you have a limited palette of color. You really, yeah. really have to have a lot of talent to make it interesting. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's what this cigar is about. It's not the most complex cigar I've had. It has some complexity to it, but it's really good at what it does. And it is, it is, is a crowning achievement of this of this flavor, particular yes, flavor it's very style. good. Yeah, the awesome. last third is pepper and spice ramps up towards the end. Cedar and coffee uh, finish the uh, finish the palate. Retrohale is a little spicier. Uh, solid ash, perfect burn. As far as I can tell, you can buy this cigar if you can find it in around the fourteen dollar range. Mm, not bad. So not not a super expensive one. And uh, there are places where you can do uh, bids on Cuban cigars and stuff like that. So it's not even unattainable. Mm -hmm. It's one you can get. Now, it is uh, one that's a little scary because there's a lot of counterfeit out there. Right. But um, assuming mine was not a counterfeit and it was as good as I'm telling you it is, uh, I give it a five and a half at mm. that price range. Wow. Because here's the deal. Um, as a Cuban cigar goes, this is super classic. This is literally what Cuban cigars are about. This is the kind of cigar that gave it its reputation. This and a, a Series 4. Those All those uh, classic Cuban flavors are right there. And if you have the means and you, have a, uh, you can get your hands on one of these, I highly recommend that you spend the money, toss them in your humidor, and then when you have a rare occasion, right. have a Cuban cigar. Yeah, celebrate. It really is a treat. Yeah. And it's really nice because it's a very different flavor. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Well, very good. Uh, all right. I'll tell you about what I smoked this week when we come back in our next segment. Plus, we have uh, a lot more to talk about, including this consensus list that Half Wheel has put together of the cigars of the year. So we'll get to that and we will taste uh, some beer that, uh, hopefully, well, we have, as far as I'm concerned, we have nowhere to go but up from. Uh, Tastes like smelling someone's armpit. Was that what Adam said? I do want to point out that even though you knew what this was and it was a mystery for me, you mm. did taste it with me. I did. And it was the first time I'd ever tasted one. So <laughs> I'm, I'm appropriately shocked and appalled and, just and as you. And hopefully last. And we'll be back at Smoking and Toasting. God, I hate to beer bash, but that's <laughs> I don't think I've ever said it's fucking terrible about anything. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. It's so, so nice to have you here for show number two hundred and sixty-nine. You know, we make a lot of fun of Florida here on the show. Uh, the drinking news stories are very often Florida man, Florida woman stories, um, and Florida, you know, 
deserves some of the uh, crap that we give it. Uh, but I have to say bravo to Florida today. Because, and my buddy uh, Dave, who uh, he's been on the show before, mm-hmm. uh, who lives in uh, the Tampa area, uh, sent me this story from the Herald Tribune, uh, a Senate panel, a state Senate panel on Monday in Florida, approved a bill that would allow local governments to restrict smoking at beaches and public parks, but puffing cigars and pipes will still be allowed. Wow. Now, almost never does that distinction get made. Wow. So I got to feel like that's a big, big deal. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the sponsor, uh, uh, a Republican from Sarasota, said the change was made because, quote, cigar and pipe smoking is such a small portion, end quote, of the problem. So... Apparently that's not what. Uh, yeah, um, not what they're really. Well, there's a couple tail. things. First off, uh, cigarette butts left on the ground. Yeah, is litter. Right. Cigar butts left on the ground is organic material. That's exactly right. I mean, and it's you're, just a it's, tobacco. You're leaf. not making that up. It's just leaves. That's literally it's just a tobacco yeah, leaf. So, so you're not going to have an environmental impact, I think, with right. cigar butts. But that little filter on the end of the cigar and pipes, butt. you take them home with you. Right. Exactly. You know, so. you may have the dottle that you knock out of your uh, pipe. But that'll Which be it, is, right? But that's it, and that's just tobacco. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, there's no environmental issue. You're not uglying up the beach, you know. Well, well done, Florida, and thank you, Dave, for sending me that uh, that little piece of information. Uh, so, let me talk to you about what I smoked this week. I had a uh, um, a cigar that you know we've talked about here on the show before. Our buddy Trenton from Oliva uh, has given us mm-hmm. these cigars before, but I've never really sat down and, and done tasting notes on one. So I did one for this week's show. It was the Gilberto Oliva Reserva Blanc Toro. Now uh, you could never accuse Oliva cigars of being overpriced. No, uh, even when you're buying their more expensive sticks at the top of the line, they're still very reasonably priced. So I was actually almost surprised when this line came out, the Gilberto Oliva line, a budget-friendly line of cigars from a company that's already pretty budget-friendly, quite yeah. quite frankly, at least compared to a lot of others. I've gotten spoiled over the years, personally, to good cigars. I mean, most of the time I smoke cigars I know I'm going to like, or I at least am thinking there's a good possibility right, right. that I'm going to like. And unless you just get a, a you know a dud somewhere, uh, usually you are um, you know, you're going to like them. I, I I don't spend as much time with lawnmower or dog walker smokes as I as I used to. Uh, I just you know I try to get good prices on the cigars that I buy and and not not worry too much about it. But uh, the Gilberto Oliva line is named for, not surprisingly, Gilberto Oliva. He is the grandson of Melanio Oliva, and of course, the Melanio name has been uh, whoop, the Melanio name has been you know ascribed to some of their uh, cigars in the line. So this is a um, uh, the cigars have a very different looking band. Almost mm-hmm. all Olivas look like Olivas, the way they're yes. packaged in the band. This one looks different. Almost looks like it could be. Like Even a, the a, nubs a, have a, that same styling. They really do. Even though yeah. they're not mm-hmm. the same label. They really do. Uh, so the Reserva Blanc is a very pretty cigar. It's almost blonde in color with a smooth wrapper showing only a tiny hint of veins. That wrapper is an Ecuadorian Connecticut leaf. Uh, binder and fillers are from Ecuador and Nicaragua. It was blended in Nicaragua. The pre-light aroma on this was mostly aged tobacco and leather, little hint of spice. So I lit up the cigar and off I went. While there certainly wasn't a Nicaraguan pepper blast or an NPB, if you will, uh, there was a decent amount of spice on first light. Although, uh, you know, it was enough 
to just let me know and not be lulled into thinking that the cigar would be super mild because from the look of it, it looks like it could be a very mild cigar, but it's, it's got a little bit of, uh, of oomph to it. Um, so that brings us to, you know, a very, very important point. Cigars are like people. You should never judge them by the color of their skin, right? Because sometimes you can get what looks like it might be a powerful, dark-leaf uh, tobacco cigar, and it winds up being pretty mild. Have you smoked a Siri R? Yes, I have. They're not super dark. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but they, <laughs> they are super powerful. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, so, from the very beginning, uh, the cigar behaved beautifully from a construction standpoint, as my good friend Ian likes to say. Solid ash, perfect burn. Yeah, nice. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, first third of the Reserva Blanc gave me a hint of leather, accompanied by uh, baking spices and a grassy note. There was also a distinct creaminess that was uh, very pleasant. A uh, little bit of sweetness, like a date or raisin sweetness, kind of crept in, in uh, after about the first inch or so. Rich wood notes on the retrohale, very cedary, and a razor straight burn to start off the cigar. Uh, some cedar, as I mentioned, as the cigar burned, but the grassy note and creaminess were the primary things I got out of the cigar all the way through. Uh, a little bit of cedar on the finish, for sure. Uh, I struggle a little bit with calling this cigar complex. Uh, on the one hand, the flavors blended very nicely and the smoking experience was very pleasurable, but the flavor did stay essentially the same once it mm -hmm. established itself about an inch in and, uh, and you know, not putting a lot of new notes kind of weaving in and out like some cigars do. I uh, do get the impression that this cigar would pair really well with a black coffee, uh, even though I'm not a, a big coffee drinker. Uh, I was enjoying it with a Diet Dr. Pepper, but it just felt like that that sort of roasted coffee note right, would, right. would blend well with that. So you might want to try that if you're a coffee person. Uh, construction was spot on. The burn would get a little crooked at times, but always kind of straightened itself out. I never had to tend it, which was nice. Uh, the, uh, the Gilberto Oliva Reserva Blanc Toro is about a $6 cigar, although you can get them for much less if you uh, uh, look for the specials from time to time. I got a box of these at a great price. I think my cost was closer to $4 a stick than to, nice. than to 6 So uh, the Reserva Blank is a solid, enjoyable smoke, a definite step up from your typical you know, lawnmower-type uh, mm -hmm. cigar, uh, and almost shouldn't be thought of really in, in that capacity, I think. It's it's pretty good. Like, that's a that's a first step outside yeah, of that. Yeah, maybe so. I recommend it. I give it a big thumbs up at uh, $6, a solid 5 price to quality. Uh, and if you can find it for 4 or 5 uh, an easy 6 yeah, on the price nice, to quality nice. uh, scale. And, and you know, I, we review this from time to time, but our price to quality scale, five means you got exactly what you paid for. Mm -hmm. If it bats above a five, it's uh, it's maybe worth even a little more than mm -hmm. the uh, suggested retail price. So there you go. I enjoyed it. You know, again, all things Oliva, in my opinion. I just, I don't think I've ever had a bad Oliva cigar. Or, or even a disappointing Oliva cigar. No, and the Gilberto line, I, I agree with you on the complexity thing. I don't think they're very complex cigars, but they're mm -hmm. very good cigars. Right, exactly. They're, and that's, uh, that's maybe a little more straightforward, but really, really. I think that's one of the things you get a lot of times, though, when you're going for a lower price point. You can try and make a complex cigar, mm -hmm. but a lot of a lot of uh, budget-minded cigars, I think, miss that mark. Mm -hmm. You're right. I or, think if you go for. 
Or let's they may go this... with shorter filler and wind up not not having as right. Good let's go with a simple cigar and make it mm-hmm. great. And I think that's when where the Gilberto really really rocks. Uh, and I think it does. Yeah, it, do, it does well. And it's a really great cigar. You know, I have a, a, a convertible, and I enjoy sometimes smoking a cigar while I drive. But that's not where you want to go with a super complex cigar. No, not the at all. Wind and everything, you're not going to get that out of it. So this would be a perfect driving cigar. Yeah, yeah, for me at least. All right, we're going to try to transition to some good beer now. <laughs> and I know already that you like this, but this is the Eleven Below. Um, uh, what is it called? Goat Getter. Goat Getter. It's their Texas Bach. And before we get into it, Adam, do you have that picture uh, that Ian sent you? Is that something you can you can uh, put up? Uh, Ian took a photo of the uh, shalada uh, and what it looks like, and it does look like a greasy dishpan uh, where you made uh, spaghetti. <laughs> if you can put that up, uh, looks, like you, and now you fill it, it with water. It looks atrocious. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if we, if we can if we can post that. That's great. But uh, this beer, on the other hand, looks this like does a box. Not look like that. Yeah. <laughs> this looks like a box to me. This does. It has this beautiful, uh, rich, uh, amberish brown color. It's up. It's oh, a, you okay. got the picture up right now. Awesome. Right. Right. Yeah, so, that's the. So uh, that, that's not the goat getter. That's, that's not the, the goat getter. It's the yeah. and it just looks vomitous, <laughs> to say the least. Vomitorious. Vomitous. Um, but this this Bach though, uh, uh, on the nose, man, you, you just has that German Bavarian kind of uh, uh, note to it. It's got a real. You kind of know baby. what you're in for. Really malty. I love the smell of this. It's go malty. Grab, go grab a pretzel to eat with this. Yes, this know? has a very pretzely kind of flavor too. That kind of pretzel mm-hmm. dough. Reminds me of the and sweetness. Uh, what is that? Uh, what is that St. Arnold beer that we like so much that I, I forget the name of it now? It's not the Oktoberfest, which is great, but they also have one that's very pretzely, very beer-ish. It's very like black label. It has like a, yeah. Like a pretzel on it. Yeah, yeah, right, right. It has a pretzel actually in uh, on the on the label. Uh, we've had it on the show before, but I, I haven't seen it. In I'm a while. blanking right now. All right, we'll figure it out. It, I mean, maybe a seasonal. We'll make them go back. get her Texas Bach. Tis the season to brave the nippy days of Texas winter, and there's no finer companion than a malty Bach in your hand. Mm. Brewed with German malts and cold lagered, this young Bach, uh, this young buck, is eager to please. As smooth and versatile as a cutoff sweater, our Texas style Bach is a real go getter. Um, it is definitely well, rhymed it. Definitely maltier. And more German style uh, than uh, than say a Scheinerbach, uh, which of course Scheinerbach isn't really a Bach; it's a dark ale. Uh, but it's uh, it's got a little a, a little of a Bach it's, flavor. It's Bach to it. enough for me, baby. Yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, Scheinerbach to me is the standard. This tastes a little craftier, perhaps than well. This uh, this has um, like a very German kind of. Backbone kind of mm-hmm. flavor to Very it. Very much so. Very traditional German kind of backbone flavor. This is a fantastic beer. I have been personally trying to drink the stores out of this beer <laughs> since it came out. Well, it, it is a seasonal, right? The first time seasonal. I thought the uh, the label on it was actually kind of corny. I got to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And the name, Goat Getter. Okay, well, you know. Well, Bach, Bach means goat, right, in German? Um, uh, you're probably right. I think so. I think about goat that. or ram or something like that. That's why the goat is associated with this style. Yes, of beer. yes, yes. And so uh, uh, it, and it, it does has... look a little like Tom Brady. So. <laughs> Tom Brady looking goat with a sweater, <laughs> two beer steins on it. Mm-hmm. That's for those of you who uh, who don't watch the show and listen to it instead. Josh. Um, so uh, well, I, I, I it like means this. ram. Uh, ram. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you to Nick. Thank you, Nick. Um, so yeah, this is uh, this is delicious and very drinkable. What's the ABV on this? Is it six? Uh, six point two. 
Mm. So that's a little higher than a Shiner Bock. 6.2, a little little bit. bit, uh, Yeah, and it's not brutal, but man, is it it good. And when it warms up, it stays good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even when it's... uh, even when it's just about room temperature, it's just fine. It really, I see you uh, You are enjoying yeah, yours. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely am. Thank you, sir. You have demolished what I poured into your glass. Earlier. Thank you, kind sir. Um, no, I, I find it very tasty, and, and perhaps part of it is it's got just enough backbone to it to knock that shallotta taste out of my I'm glad, mouth. <laughs> I'm glad you brought this out because I was just about to start licking the carpet to try and get the taste of that shallotta out of my mouth. Oh, man. So I promise that the next time I bring a mystery beer... It, it, it hopefully it won't be that bad. Hey, I, you know, I, I'm not going to say anything considering I've malorded you twice. <laughs> yeah, I need a shirt that says I've been malorded twice. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty nasty. Uh, but no, this is this is quite delicious. And uh, Eleven Below, by the way, from uh, right here in Houston, Texas. Eleven Below is one of those breweries in town that um, they don't get a lot of buzz. They are just silently, kind of quietly, do their killing thing. it yeah, with their beers, their and thing. then they just put out. Uh, they have a seasonal that comes out in the spring every year called uh, Dublin Me Luck, and it's their Irish Red, oh, and it's fantastic as I've well. They that. just we'll they have, have so many beers that are so good. They have one called uh, Be Someone that's a that's a, like a honey uh, a wheat beer, right? Yeah, and it's fantastic. They have I've had their uh, a hipster sauce, which is their IPA. Yeah, yeah. Oso Bueno. Oso Bueno is it's oso fantastic. Bueno. I had some of that last yeah. night, actually. That's a really good um, beer. Yeah, so uh, uh, they, they're one of those breweries that, like, they've become, when I see 11 Below and I see anything new, I have to try it because it's really, really good. It's great stuff. All right, yeah. i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a break, and we will return. We still have a lot to go over, including our uh, consensus cigar list, so we'll try to get to some of that next. And uh, our next beer is going to be very interesting. This is in a uh, – it's almost like a, a mini bomber. It's uh, from the uh, – uh, beer company from Maine, the Maine Beer Company, Freeport, Maine, and it's their Lunch IPA. So I'm looking forward to getting to that. We're going to put that up on the Twirly Gig. Yes, we can do that. Uh, we'll take a break, and it'll be on Twirly Gig when we return. It is smoking and toasting. We'll be right back. Awesome. Mm, I do. Welcome back. It's smoking and Toastin'. We are live from the studio today. Uh, my name is Cruz. My co-host is Ian Barry. Uh, Adam Anderson, the Wheels of Steel, producing the show. And Adam just told us during the break uh, that, uh, uh, what is it, Eisenbach? What is, that? what is the word for it? Einbach. Einbach. Uh, is uh, what Bach is taken from. And Einbach actually means billy goat. Billy goat. Billy goat, yeah. So it does, it does actually start with a... With the the goat reference, so that's why the goat. That's why it's goat getter. I guess makes some sense. (laughs) I swear, I don't. I really never got into the ugly sweater craze, but I would wear that ugly sweater if I had it. Two beer mugs on it. Two beer mugs. Yeah, it's just too good. Hey, um, something very interesting is being forecast for uh, whiskey sales in the United States. Ian, according to uh, the people who track these trends, and the Distilled Spirits Council. Irish whiskey is being forecast to outsell scotch in the United States within the next year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So if you think about it, I mean, there's, uh, you know, everything from Jameson's to um, 
you know the uh, the one we like so much, uh, Slane. Slane. Yeah, I, there's there's so many great Irish whiskeys that have really come on strong. And if you think about it, Scotch, although certainly it sells very well, but it has it. There's not a whole lot of really great scotches that are lower priced. You can yeah. find some really good lower priced Irish whiskeys, though. There, well, it depends on what you call lower priced. Okay. So if you're starting into the, um, into the, let's get outside of blended because we right. know you can get some uh, less expensive blended ones and right. and fantastic blended ones like uh, like Monkey Shoulder, mm-hmm. like at thirty five dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say, but under forty dollars. Under $40 is where it starts to get tough because some great scotches happen at about $45. At about $45 to 50 right. But there are a number of mm-hmm. really, really good and very popular Irish whiskeys that are starting under at 20, 40 Yeah, 25. starting at 20 25 30 you know, So I think that might be the reason. I mean, Slane, I want to say, is under $25. Yeah. And it's Slane's delicious. inexpensive. It's fantastic. Yeah. I want to point out, Jameson's fantastic. It really you is. You know, people who turn their nose up at Jameson, you're just turning your nose up because you think it's cool. Jameson <laughs> is good whiskey. Yeah, it really is. Either that or you don't actually sip it. You just take shots yeah. of it. And guess what? Everything sucks when you take a <laughs> shot of it. Do you think that... It's called palate shock. That's why you go, ugh. You think that 31-year-old Balvenie would suck if he took a sh- shot of it? Yes. Everything yeah. gets palate shock. Everything yeah. sucks when yeah. you take a shot of it. I had a feeling. I always get a kick out of it on uh, television and the movies when the guy's drinking whiskey and passes his buddy the bottle and the buddy goes, glug, 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 glug. That's not how you drink whiskey. <laughs> that's how you no. get drunk. <laughs> if, if that's your goal, I mean, there's that. But that's why people do shots. People don't do shots because they enjoy doing shots. Right. They do shots because they're like, I want to get drunk. Well, I was thinking, Ian, with um, uh, St. Patrick's Day about a month away, and it's actually on a Thursday. Oh, mercy. So maybe we'll do, um, if we if we can maybe collect a little bit between now and then, maybe we could do an Irish whiskey blind taste test for St. Patrick's Day. Wouldn't that be fun? I'll have to see what I have. I have a Tullamore Dew that's been sitting in a clay jar for a while. I got a a Tullamore Dew single malt. Mm. That's quite good. I got that teeling that I had before. Yes, just a teeling little bit is of that. great, and uh, and we can certainly afford a bottle of Slane. So. Absolutely, we we'll pick up a few here and there. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, maybe we'll do that. that we'll, mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about it. It's about a month away, but we'll be we'll be looking forward. So to I doing think that. I think to uh, to back up your story, I think Irish whiskey. I think yeah, it makes sense because it's the right price point too. Mm-hmm. That has a lot right. to do with it. Um, let's do a little uh, let's do a little uh, drinking here, shall we? Some uh, lunch IPA. And uh, after you pour, there's uh, information about this this whale I was mentioning named Lunch that's on that uh, uh, that's on that. Uh, uh, Nick says band. I did a shot of True Blue from Balcones. Great whiskey. Don't shoot it. <laughs> yeah, agreed, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, any anything you shoot is gonna suck. It's just instant palate shock. Right, and it just doesn't doesn't make because you're not sense. gonna taste it unless you've just been drinking whiskey all night. Like if you're drinking beer and then you do a shot of anything, it's gonna taste like alcohol, and mm-hmm. then you know. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely and right. That just sucks. Ooh, this has got such now, a nice bouquet of If you nose. know what you're getting into and you have something, for instance, like you've committed to a shot of Malort, that <laughs> might just be worth getting over it. That's a yeah, that's a commitment you need like, to get over. Like don't sip that. Uh, a very simple label on this says Main Beer Company, Lunch India Pale Ale, and it underneath it says do what's right. So here's what it says. This lunch. This smells like classic hops. Kind yeah, of. It's, it's got that floral hop bouquet mm-hmm. to it. Uh, lunch is a special whale 
that has been spotted off the main coast since 1982. She has what looks like a bite taken out of her fin, which adds to her unique character. We dedicate this beer to her determination and persistence. Keep on swimming. Hey, I'm going to give them uh, credit because this IPA has a little bit of a bite to it as oh, well. Oh, well, there you go. It's, uh, I didn't see the ABV. It is 7%. Uh-huh. This, it, it has a crisp, bitter bite to it, followed immediately by a sweet, malty backbone. Yes, this is delicious. This, this is, is fantastic. Yeah, it really is. That is a, uh, that is a really classic IPA. Wow. Classic Good job, IPA guys. Style. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's got a little bit of uh, mm. a little bit of hop bitter, and then, like you said, there, there's a malty backbone that comes back and kind of dances with it. Yeah, this is unapologetically small. bitter. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt about it. But but bitter in a great way, bitter in like the way you well, want it to be, and then that <laughs> that sweetness follows right after it and doesn't leave it as as too much bitter. You know, in the early days of IPA. They're always IPA always was bitter yeah, to some degree. Like it, is. Uh, it was only when the uh, sort of New England uh, style and the hazies and the juicies came along that you could drink an IPA that wasn't bitter. If you go back and drink like a uh, a, a Saint Arnold, um, um, what's the one? Alyssa. Alyssa. Thank you. The, I would start to say the tall ship one, uh, the Saint Arnold Alyssa. Or if you go back, even drinking one of the reasons I always liked Harpoon IPA back when I first started drinking IPA, is it was very floral, and that balanced the bitter a little yeah. bit. But it still had that real bitter, hot bitter. bitter to it. Yeah. it, was, it was there. And like I said, it's only been recently that you can get IPAs that don't have and a bitter. And bitter is different from resinous, too. Like well, when agree. you get that yes. resiny pine cone flavor, uh, mm-hmm. you really you really better balance it, or you're just going to end up with a very one-dimensional, not very good flavor. This, however, is very well balanced. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's n- not one-dimensional at all. It is, uh, and the, the aftertaste on this is is a bit bitter and floral and uh, almost dandelion, mm-hmm. uh, if that makes any sense. It does. They say, thank you for drinking our beer. You enable us to continue to do what's right, take care of our earth and the creatures that live on it, take care of our staff, and to keep making better beer. Main Beer Company. That's a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, credo. Man, there. good job, guys! It's right. fantastic. Beer. It really if you is. Find, so, if you find this, buy this. Even if okay. you're not the biggest IPA guy, I'm going in for seconds. Okay, now I've gotten beers before uh, from the main beer company uh, through like mail order, like the Tavor app. Right, right. My wife brought this one home from H E B, which for those of you who live outside of Texas. That's our like super cool kind of local chain yeah. or Texas chain uh, uh, grocery store, and she brought it home in my little beer sampler, and I was I was like, oh, I didn't know they had this H-E-B at H-E-B. Has been crushing it. Yeah, in Texas. they really have. They really have. So anyway, we'll uh, we'll sip on this and take you a break. Know, you know, one of the biggest things I like about H E B. Yeah. You don't need one of those freaking key fobs. Oh yes, and you I don't need to enter your phone those. number you for don't your need to do uh, any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that. No, no loyalty club. I'm I'm more loyal to them because they don't have a loyalty club. One hundred percent. If they did, all right, we'll be right back in our next segment. It's whiskey time, Glen Scotia, which is not an Irish whiskey. It, it is, is not. Scotch. Not Scottish, it's crap. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. In the 
Welcome back into Smoking and Toasting. This is the program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're going to try uh, to get into all of those things before we are done with the program here, so we're looking forward to that. Ian, let me uh, let me start cranking on this list. Uh, cigar, uh, half-wheel cigar website. One of the better cigar websites, in my opinion. I love Half Wheel. Yeah, they they just really seem to be a kind of no nonsense. You yeah. know, they're uh, they're no no BS, and I, I like that about them. They have gone out to all the lists that are published of uh, cigars of the year because lots of people publish them, and they've kind of put together their consensus, uh, what they call the. It takes a certain mentality to compile lists from li- a list from lists. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I would get confused halfway <laughs> in. I would, I would lose my. So let me share these cigars with you. There's a tie at twenty. 24, so there is no 25. Um, a tight 24 between uh, Daughters of the Wind, a Costa Rican cigar uh, that is a uh, Lancero with a little I pigtail. I've never heard cap. of that. I have not either, so I'm very excited to look for that and try one. There's a tie between that and the La Raña Reserva Azul- Azulejo, uh, which is from Espinosa Premium Cigars and made in the San Latano factory, which means H.A. Fernandez is involved in this cigar. Uh, Bruce Stark points out that if there's no BS, there's no Bruce Stark because that's his oh, initial okay. So you know, no, uh, all right, Bruce. Well, we don't want we don't want to be without you, my friend. So, uh, so uh, the Liga Pravada H99 from Drew Estate is number 23 on the list. At number 21, tied actually for 21, uh, the CAO Arcana Mortal Coil. You uh, reviewed one. I of those. like the Mortal Coil. Yeah, I yeah, think it's that, a great cigar. They have it. Uh, it's a Nicara- Nicaraguan cigar, and it's a CAO. It ties at number 21 with the 60 by Rocky Patel. And I got to tell you, I would have put that one higher. That's a good cigar. I had too. one of those. This year, and it was oh so fantastic. At number nineteen, also tied the La Palina Goldie. We've had La Palinas before. I haven't tried. But the this Goldie. is a uh, Lancero with a uh, not just a pigtail cap, but it almost looks like the top of a, a package. You know, they've got the. <laughs> uh, it's it's a very flourished out uh, pigtail cap that ties at nineteen with the Casa Cuevas Patrimonio. So uh, these ties are interesting, because it tells me they really had some kind of a formula. Right, uh, to right. compile this list. At number 18, the Stolen Throne, Crook of the Crown. From Stolen Throne Cigars, it's a Nicaraguan cigar, and it has a uh, Mexican San Andreas binder, uh, a wrapper, rather, binder from Indonesia. Yeah, look how dark that wrapper is. It looks beautiful. filler from Nicaragua. So uh, you can find this list, by the way, on the half-wheel side if you want to take a look at what these cigars look like. At number 17, the La Flor Dominicana Andalusian Bowl. Boy, is oh, that a great I love that cigar. cigar. It really, really that is, is such terrific. a good cigar. It's a little hard to find and a little expensive, mm-hmm. and it's worth it when you do both. Yes, it's absolutely worth it. At number 16, from Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust, the Sobremesa Brulee Brew. I have had this uh, uh, Brulee Blue, rather not brew. I've had this cigar. It is quite exceptional. Yes. Very, very good. The Rojas Street Tacos Barbacoa. A cigar. If I'd have seen that, I'd have bought 15. it. Yeah, well, it's that's how a, I know I haven't tried that one. It's if I would a, have seen that, it's got a Day of the Dead guy with uh, what looks like uh, tomato slices for eyes. You would have had to buy. It I would just have had for the to buy. It. Yeah, guy. yeah. It's uh, from Rojas Cigars. It's a Nicaraguan cigar. Uh, it's in at number fifteen. At fourteen, the Aging Room Rare Collection uh, is. Yeah, I did a on review on that. Uh, what just this last year? That's this really, so. that's a really good cigar too. Uh, the Liga Pravada Bauhaus is at. Number thirteen. I've not had the Bauhaus. I've, I've had, seen it. I've had uh, a number of Drew Estate uh, 
uh, Liga Provada cigars, but not that one. The Placencia Almafuerte Sixto, Colorado, oh, yeah. is uh, is in at number twelve. I think we both had one of those. In fact, I think you gave me one of those. those didn't are, you? Those are great. Yeah, I believe so. The uh, EP Carrillo Pledge, the Perez Carrillo Pledge, is I've at number eleven. That. that was that was number one on Cigar Aficionado yeah, so last good, yeah. year. Yeah, so so good. So there's that. Uh, at number ten, the Davidoff Winston Churchill Limited Edition 2021. Um, Let me tell you something about the Davidoff Winston Churchills. Yeah, they're fantastic. Yes, they are. They're way pricey. Yeah. Let me tell you something else about this cigar. It's priced at thirty-two dollars for the single. For the single. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so just so you know, Davidoff cigars, the Winston Churchill series. If you want to treat yourself, and you don't want something that's too heavy of a cigar. Mm-hmm. That is a great place to go. You're going to get a great cigar. They're expensive, though. Their number nine cigar is the best cigar that I have smoked in the last several years, at least. Uh, the Monte Cristo 1935 anniversary Nicaragua, made in the San Latino factory by none other than our buddy. That is a great AJ cigar. Fernandez. We both uh, reviewed wonderful. that just recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An expensive cigar. It just came out, too. And I gave it a huge rating. Is it $16 for, yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. It's for worth, that size? Yeah. Worth every penny and more. Uh, the Aganorsa Leaf Rare Leaf Reserve comes in at number Ooh, eight. I haven't tried that. Uh, I know. It's a really delicious-looking cigar. Too. Looks pretty. If you if this is all, if you're into like cigar porn, go look at this <laughs> list because you'll you'll look at these and go ooh. Uh, the Alec and Bradley Kintsugi is uh, number seven. I just did a review. Uh, you on just that one. did, and yeah. I had one of those this year as well. Very good. The Davidoff Dominicana uh, at number six. It is an it's between eighteen fifty and twenty four dollars, so it's not quite as pricey as the Winston Churchill. I haven't had one actually, of those in in a while. Actually, outpaces it. The Davidoff, uh, Davidoff Dominicana Supreme Leaf from Aganorsa Leaf comes in at number five. Uh, it's uh, around a ten dollar cigar. The Hoya de Nicaragua Dos Cientos is number four. Ooh, I, I don't I think I've had it. I've had you know several of the lines well, the since, is, they, yeah. since they rebranded, uh, but I don't think I've had that particular one, so I'm going to have to go get me a Dos Cientos. Aventura, the Royal Return, Queen's Pearls. Not familiar with this uh, cigar at all, uh, but it is uh, put together in the Tabacalera William Ventura uh, factory. Uh, it's got an Ecuadorian uh, Connecticut wrapper, Ecuadorian Connecticut binder, and filler tobacco from the from the DR, Ecuador, and Nicaragua. About a twelve to fifteen dollar cigar. Number two on this list is the Sin Compromiso Paladin de Saca. Mm. It's from Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust, and it is a great looking little. Uh, I believe I did a review cigar. on that not too mm-hmm. long ago too. And at number one, the Undercrown Ten. Uh, I, that's the one that has the little. You know, it has the undercrown band, up. and then it's got that little sash running yeah, down the middle. It's dressed up. It's pretty darn cool. So. It's called what's that series called? It's called the. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's like dressed dressed up or formal. All, series. all decked out. Decked out series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I knew it was something like that. Yep. So so anyway, there's your list. Half wheel. Thank you for doing that. They uh, um, they stress that this is not the half wheel list. This is their consensus list of putting everything. Uh, Together, so I noticed you uh, took a moment to uh, very carefully pour there, since the neck was uncleared, and that's uh, you know that's good. I want to keep that one. Uh, I may. It looks nice and big. <laughs> I I I poured that one a little heavy because I wanted to get the glug 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 from the bottle there. And, and I appreciate your uh, dedication to creating appropriate sound effects. And I'm going to appreciate uh, it even more when I drink the Glen Scotia. Campbelltown so, whiskey. Yeah. So single malt scotch, distilled, matured, and bottled in Scotland. Classic Campbelltown malt, finished in mature American oak. 
And Pedro Jimenez sherry casks. Rich and spicy, it says. So uh, Campbelltown is interesting. There's five uh, five regions mm. in Scotland. Speyside, Islay, uh, Ela, I think they actually mm-hmm. say, or Island. Highland, uh, Lowland, um, and then Campbelltown. And Campbelltown has the least amount of distilleries out of Yeah, you mentioned there's only like there's three of them. Three. Right there. There's uh, uh, Glengyle, Springbank, and uh, Glen Scotia. This is the Glen Scotia. They don't have a whole lot of expressions in their line. I think Glen, Glen Scotia only has um, four or five expressions in their entire line. I could probably figure it out if I look at it. Well, I can tell you this uh, this expresses itself very well, even just in the But uh, uh, it's, in the it's distinctive, and it's, it's distinctively different. From uh, what you expect when you think scotch, uh, what I say on here is um, dried fruit, vanilla, toffee, and brine with a dry, oh. pungent body. I'm going to go with the I toffee. I get the toffee on the nose for sure. Toffee and caramel in yeah. this particular one a lot. And I think I get the brine There's a also bit. Uh, There's also kind of a wine kind of dry mm-hmm. backbone just to the nose on this. But if you said this is... Uh, what kind of casks? Uh, sherry casks. Yeah, there is yeah. a sherry cask and a, a mature American oak uh, um, cask. But this has here. a dark, uh, dark um, fruity flavor, if mm-hmm. any. Like when you think fruity flavors in uh, Scotch, you think more of the bright flavors, or even like, if, especially if you get a, a Glen Levitt, you have that very apple kind of uh, flavor. Those kind of brighter fl- fruity flavors. This has a very dark. Um, brooding kind yes, of fruity uh, flavor uh, to it, like a, with a little caramel like and little really ripe grapes. Uh, maybe a little bit of uh, of date. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's delicious. It's got this, a real. Di- you said distinctive, and it is distinctive. There's also a little bit of a tobacco-y kind of flavor mm-hmm. to it as well mm-hmm. that I really enjoy about this. This Almost is complex. Like a- there's so many things going on in this particular whiskey, and I want to tell you. If you want to impress people with uh, with the badass whiskey, this is like sixty dollars. Okay, it's not incredibly expensive as as whiskey goes. It's mm-hmm. like that's pretty inexpensive overall, um, and it's always available. Forty six percent alcohol uh, proof, and this is one that is always on my shelf. I forget how much mm-hmm. I like it. It has a very warm and welcoming whiskey hug too. Yeah, very much that very comes much. back to you very slowly. It's kind of like. Uh, Kind of like being embraced in the arms of a they familiar lover. They mention on that what uh, what did I say? Um, saltiness or brine? Mm-hmm. They say mm-hmm. it has. I think you can just about taste the seawater yeah. around it. Yeah, to a certain I got degree. that. It's a, it, and you know that whole region of the world is a very sort of seawater salty. Yeah. Uh, very humid kind of a, a, an area of the planet. You know. And for those of you wondering, it's not peaty. No, it's not at all. Yeah, not at all. It's not, it's not a peaty whiskey. Uh, so even though it's Scotch, you can't immediately say, "Oh, I don't like Scotch because of peat." This is not peaty mm-hmm. at all. Mm. Um, it is. It is wonderful. There's a little char to the finish on it Caramel. as well. Caramel, big time. Yeah. It's it's just got so many little subtle things going it's on. Really good because you you kind of taste something different each time. You know, each mm-hmm. sip, which makes it makes it a fun whiskey to drink too. You know, uh, it's I like great it, with sir. water. It's great with ice. Yeah. Um, and it's great like this. Is there's a cinnamon kind yes. of thing going on to it as well? Kind of a cinnamon spiciness to it, or almost 
It almost ever, tips into a savory spice. Do you ever, uh, when you were a kid, uh, chew on any of those cinnamon toothpicks they used to oh, have? Oh, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of like the after you chew on one wood. of those, and then you take it out of your mouth, and that cinnamon and wood yeah. kind of lingers in your mouth. Yeah, I like it. Very, very, very delicious, and uh, that's going to definitely go on my must-buy list. Uh, yeah, I that's a good That's scotch. the first. I've not had a Glen Scotia before. You said they have only uh, a handful of expressions in their line. Right? Glen Scotia doesn't uh, c- carry that many expressions. They have. Uh, let me. Let me. Uh, <clears throat> let's see here. They have a list of their. Really good. Okay, so they have the double cask, which is this one, the fifteen, Victoriana, which is uh, I haven't had it, but it's supposed to be amazing. They have an eighteen and a twenty-five year old. Okay, well, that's. Respectable, but not over the top. For sure. Yeah, they they don't have that many. It's it's not it's not as popular, I think, as uh, as a lot of other regions as well. Mm. But it's an incredibly interesting uh, whiskey, and I think worth every penny of what you're paying for this bottle. I kind of dig it. As this I is about my it. third or fourth bottle of this, <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. I love the uh, I love the. Uh, what do you call that? It's screening on the glass, too, of the... Yeah, I do, too. It's That's very classy. The distillery and the... Yeah, uh, very classy. Makes you want to visit, you know? Port there. Um, want to tell you about some cigars to watch for before we take a break. Uh, for more than two decades, uh, General Cigar Company has released uh, limited annual runs of its Punch Rare Corojo series. And this year, they've resurrected a size that's meant to resemble a baseball bat. Uh, according to uh, company lore, the new Aristocrat Punch Rare Corojo is uh, based on an old shape that was originally made for cigar smoking sports legends Red Arbach from uh, the Boston Celtics and Art Rooney back when the Punch brand Art was Rooney. owned by uh, Villazon and Company. Uh, it's tapered like a Louisville slugger, uh, and it measures six and one-eighth inches long with a 54 ring gauge at its fattest point. It's Ecuador Sumatra seed wrapper. Covering a Connecticut broadleaf filler, a binder rather, and a, a filler blend of Nicaraguan, Honduran, and Dominican tobacco. It is a limited release, uh, priced at nine ninety nine a cigar. So that's not uh, like yeah. outrageous for something limited release, special shape, all of that kind of stuff. So. I think sometimes we get a, um, I think sometimes we mm. get a, 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 a mental uh, issue with cigars that aren't priced really high, especially when mm-hmm. they're limited release. People think, oh well, it's not priced that high, so it can't be that good. Honestly. My go-to cigars are in the six to eight dollar range. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I it's hard for me really unless I'm, you know, just wanting to try something or I'm justifying it by saying I want to smoke it so I can talk about it on the show. It's hard for me to really justify the twelve dollar and up cigars, with a few exceptions, of course. But it's just not something I smoke all that often. You know, I buy. Um, super premiums mm-hmm. on rare occasions, and I stick them in my humidor and save them for rare occasions. Rare occasions, or when the pandemic makes you empty your humidor of everything <laughs> well, else, and that's all you've got left. Yeah, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> but I mean, you can't deny that a Placencia Alma Fuerte is not oh, absolutely fantastic. And the Andalusian uh, Bull? And the Andalusian Bull. So you're talking about $18 to. Nineteen dollars mm-hmm. for an Andalusian bull. You're talking about twenty-two dollars for an Almaforte, well, the, and they're fantastic. They're absolutely worth it. The uh, we just uh, have talked about that uh, that uh, uh, 
the one that AJ did the the oh the one thirty fifth yeah the, the Monte Nicaragua, Cristo yeah. yeah the Monte Cristo thank you um, that that thing is worth every penny and more and it's sixteen dollars yeah. for the for the medium size yeah small for like size. the Toro I think yeah, Toro, yeah. yeah. so um, also coming out the CAO Arcana series which emphasizes unusual tobacco they're getting a new release this week and it contains tobacco that has been fermented through a rather obscure method they bury it in the ground huh. Yeah, that's interesting, right? The new blend is called Firewalker, and the defining earth-fermented leaf is found inside the filler. It's a Nicaraguan filler. According to uh, Scandinavian Tobacco Group, the parent company, the filler is grown in the... uh, in uh, the Nicaragua Mastepe region, and it's assembled into a pilon and then buried in the volcanic soil for two months. For anybody not knowing what the pilon is, that is the large pile of yeah, leaves that are stacked leaves, and bundled. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, after that, the tobacco goes to the factory for nine months of secondary fermentation, and it's a very unusual process. It's a limited edition CAO Arcana Firewalker in one size. It's a thick Toro and only 5,000 boxes. Are being produced. Eleven ninety nine suggested retail. We're gonna have to try that. Yeah, that does sound good, doesn't it? And finally, the Diesel Sunday Gravy series. We've talked Sunday about these. Sunday Gravy. We talked about these uh, cigars before. They're, they're called Sunday Gravy. Uh, it is making a saucy return with the third release in the line. It is called Rosa Marino. It is made in Nicaragua by AJ Fernandez. Yeah, what does he know? Yeah, well, uh, it started in July when Forged, the distribution arm of Scandinavian Tobacco Group, released its first diesel. Uh, Sunday Gravy, uh, the San Marzano brand, and then in October, this is last year, uh, the Sunday Gravy uh, uh, Peco. Man, I, I'm not good with my pronunciation today. Uh, the Pecorino made its way to market, and then on February uh, 28th. The Diesel Sunday Gravy Rosa Marino will be shipping to uh, retailers. According to Forge, the name Rosa Marino is supposed to be a nod to the complexity that rosemary tends uh, to lend to any dish. However, the Italian translation for the word rosemary is uh, rosemarino without the A, uh, but they added the A in there. But they, they wanted to stress to people there's no dried rosemary <laughs> there's no in the cigar. Right. They're just talking about the way that rosemary yeah. it kind of infuses something when you put it in uh to a dish instead the diesel sunday gravy will consist consoli of uh nicaraguan tobacco including a binder uh from cordega and a filler blend from uh, cordego esteli and the volcanic uh island of omatepe which is uh omatepe. That, that's really sought after nicaraguan tobacco. it's also fun to say it is omatepe that does sound like uh like a classic god from a, yeah, like, right. like in Star Trek when they would land on a planet and the, and the natives all worshipped Ometepe. Ometepe. <laughs> uh, cigars come in one size. It's a Toro, uh, and it's in uh, a 50 ring gauge, and uh, it's going to be sold in 10 packs. So there you, go. you know what goes well with cigars? This whiskey. Uh, I bet it does. I bet this pairs nicely. It's just got such a great vibe to it. All right. It is almost time for drinking news. We'll do that in the next segment. And we still have one more uh, beer that we want to get our uh, uh, heads around here, or at least, you know, our our mouths. Uh, And that is the Brooklyn Brewery Black Chocolate Stout. It's an imperial stout. Uh, Brooklyn uh, Brewery out of Utica, New York. We'll be right back with more of that and uh, drinking news coming up.
Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. This is the program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Good things. Uh, we want to, uh, uh, again, uh, you know, mention that we were going to be doing a wine show today. We changed gears a little bit because Mark Burrell couldn't uh, couldn't make it. We had him scheduled to be on, and he'll be postponed to another time. And we won't be able to get you great wines for Valentine's, but maybe we'll do you know great wines for spring or for the beginning of the summer when you're headed out doing picnics and My stuff. My wife and yeah. I already went and did our Valentine dinner. Yeah, and you went to the Rainbow Room, didn't went you? To the Rainbow, Rainbow Lodge, Lodge yeah. yes. Yeah. It was uh, fantastic. Yeah, we had a bottle of wine that uh, that uh, Mark suggested. <clears throat> I had the antelope, and it was amazing. The last time that my wife and I went there, we had um, um, we had the sparkling wine that Mark had brought on the show. That was so good. I can't remember mm-hmm. the name of it now. It was a, a British sparkling wine. That's all I remember. It was so good. Oh man. Uh, so if you go to uh, the Rainbow Lodge, if you're in the Houston area, our buddy there, uh, Mark Burrell, who is our uh, smoking and toast and wine expert, just ask for him mm-hmm. and then drink whatever he suggests. Yeah, that's that's it's a because when you have somebody that knows that much, it's like it's like trying to fix your car if you know very little about automobiles and your buddy is a master mechanic. Right. It's like don't do it. Just just <laughs> ask him to help. You know, uh, and that's the way it is with Mark. Ask him for info. Ask him for recommendations. And when he says, "I think you should choose this one," choose it. Don't and yeah. he'll he'll ask you straight out too. He'll yeah. say, "What is uh, what is your price point? Where do you right and." And he'll also ask, you know, what do you like? Yeah. You know, what what style? What uh, what what kind of thing? So you don't you have for? to feel weird or embarrassed if you're not used to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you're used to that kind of thing, great. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the time has arrived for the most popular segment of the program. I don't know how, but apparently it is. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for your drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Time is nigh for drinking news. I just wanted to say the word nigh. Mm-hmm. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. What's that, Steve? That sounded like Steve. That was Rowdy Yates. Oh, it was Rowdy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. A star-studded drinking news here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I love so, that. so I just wanted to mention this is, whiskey is so freaking good. <laughs> it really just it is. It really is. It really is just like killing me. It's so good. Uh, uh, and uh, that brings me to the point about drinking news that we always try to remind you that these are stories that we bring you that are true stories. They've appeared somewhere in a semi-reputable uh, news source. They're not from the onion they're not you know something we know to be made up uh but they are stories that sometimes are about drinking not always but they are always best enjoyed if you've been drinking and certainly we have so i hope i uh, <laughs> hope you will i uh, hope you will enjoy this and it will go well with this uh glen scotia uh, that we've been uh, that we've been drinking well you've all heard the term although i'm uh, i've always kind of hated it because it seems so stupid but we've all heard Amorous activity described before as, and I'm I'm quoting here, hot monkey love. Hmm. That's what they called me in high school. Yeah, you've heard that phrase. (laughs) I told you it was stupid. Um, (laughs) But what do you do if you're a zoo, especially a monkey zoo, and you need more monkeys, like the endangered species of monkey that is your primary uh, monkey that you host in the zoo there? Your primary attraction. It's in your care, right. Uh, But the ones you have... 
don't seem all that interested in any, and I can't believe I'm saying this, hot monkey love. Well, a British zoo decided recently that they weren't going to just stand around and wait for their monkeys to mate. They were going to do something about it. What? What? Do you just put on, like, monkey porn? Well, it's better than that. What's better than that? So the Trentham Monkey Forest in Stafford, England, decided that a little sexual healing was in order. <laughs> and, you know, I guess they have a point. If your monkeys seem more interested in throwing their own poo at people or at each other than engaging in some hot... Mo- I'm sorry, I can't say it again. Uh, 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 you know, if your monkeys aren't in the mood for love, maybe you can try to influence them. Now, of course, I would not recommend monkey Viagra. Some of these poor female monkeys could really get hurt. And we don't need any zoo employees standing around for four hours just to make sure that none of the male primates haven't had that long-term erection that the Viagra people say means you should probably call your doctor. I can only imagine the zookeeper handing out the daily assignments. Bob? You're on monkey erection watch today. Keep your eyes on these guys at all times and make sure none of them are keeping it up for more than four hours. At that point, Bob throws in the towel and, and uh, on being a good zoo employee and quits to start that online <laughs> cryptocurrency firm that he's uh, always wanted to launch. So, no, monkey Viagra is not the answer. But the staff at the Trentham Monkey Forest did not let that stop them. He said staff. After a lively staff meeting... I said staff again, uh, where, by the way, no one was more relieved than Bob. A clever new idea was hatched and put into place immediately. The Trentham Monkey Forest decided that music not only soothes the savage beast, but it also might work to put the hapless monkeys in the mood for love. Oh. So they hired a Marvin Gaye impersonator. And this is true. To sing sexy songs to the monkeys in order to encourage them to... Do a little dance, make a little love, get down tonight. Not a Marvin Gaye song. Yes, I know that's Casey and the Sunshine Band, not (laughs) Marvin Gaye, but the point still stands. And if you don't believe me, we actually have photographic proof. Photograph digitally? Adam, Adam, would you... uh, uh, Rendered photographic evidence? Yeah, yeah. And and believe me, it's worth... It's worth going to the YouTube video to see if you are uh, oh, if you are not. Even, uh, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> uh, the Marvin Gaye impersonator looks pretty good. The monkeys look kind of bored, actually. <laughs> They're like, yeah, whatever. Uh, so the monkey zoo hired David Largy, who is described as an experienced Marvin Gaye impersonator, to perform selections from the Soul Legends catalog, including songs like "Sexual Healing," inside the Barbary macaque habit. And for those of you who are already starting to snicker, macaque is a term for 22 species of old world monkeys, not what your that's, dirty mind is that's thinking That's not two it is. words, that's yeah, one. Yeah, look it up. <laughs> um, the parks director, Matt Lovett, said, we thought it would be a creative way to encourage our females to show a little affection to the males that might not have been so lucky in love. He also said that the zookeepers expect to discover whether the singer's visit had any effect on the monkeys when birthing season arrives in the spring or early summer. You may wonder sometimes about the authenticity of the stories that we bring you here on Drinking News. But the photo speaks for itself. And I think you have to admit that as crazy as this sounds, it actually has to be legit. Because you cannot make this shit up. But did it work? Oh, we don't know. We won't know till the oh, it's still in, in the spring. I, you know, this just happened. As a musician, I'm trying to get into the mind of a musician that has now been approached <laughs> to sing to the monkeys. To sing to a bunch of monkeys. <laughs> like I've played, 
Some tough rooms. Yeah. You played some things that probably are only about a half a step above that. But still. <laughs> but still. I've been I've been the musical equivalent of wallpaper mm-hmm. in, in, in some rooms. Yeah. Uh, I've been the star of the show in some rooms. Yep, yep. I'm trying to imagine what I would think. I mean, like, uh, have you have you actually? Here's big air quotes. Made it when you're playing <laughs> the Barbary Macaw. And I like exhibit. that they 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 actually point out that he's an experienced. Yes, yes. No, this isn't Marvin Gaye impersonator. This isn't just some guy that Bob knew that kind of does a Marvin Gaye impression. This guy does this apparently for a living. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, uh, like I said, you cannot make this up. You just can't. I've been really trying. Reporting live from the Barbary Macaque Habitat. <laughs> I said macaque. Macaw. At the uh, Trent the Monkey Forest. And really hoping that dude sings Let's Get It On next. I love that song. Uh, my name is Cruz, and that is your... Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. That photo is worth a thousand words. Oh, it's too what funny. I love is how bored the monkeys look. Yeah, they're like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> you know, first of all, anytime you're an impersonator, you always are dealing with that. You know, you have to be dealing with that thing. Like if you're if you're in a tribute band, you're like, yeah, the audience loves us, but we ain't the Eagles, really. You know what I mean? We're just we're just a group that's covering their songs and trying to sound a little bit like them. We're not. You're not going to be rock stars. You know what I mean? Right. It's, 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 it is what Those it is. Those shows sell out, though. Oh, I know. That's well, crazy. Well, I think one of the reasons they sell out is because you can go see that band for 12 bucks, and the Eagles, you can go see them for like 1200 bucks. Yeah, yeah. So I think that might be part of the reason. But anyway, I digress. Um, the, the whole point of the thing is, though, if you're a Marvin Gaye impersonator, first of all, you're already used to the fact that you, you know you're singing to audiences who know you're not Marvin Gaye. You know, they they may enjoy it, but they're not going to go crazy over you like you were Marvin Gaye. Then you get the call to come sing to the monkeys. It's got to be. Hey, I'm, I'm going to point out, though, out of all the shows I've done, if I get a call to sing in front of monkeys, at least I know at the end of my gig, I don't have a drunk monkey coming up to me going, you know what you should do. <laughs> and what is the most sage advice you've ever my gotten favorite from a person is, like that? After listening to, you know, five or seven minutes of, you know what you should do, I look at the guy and go, oh, hang out at a bar at one thirty on a Tuesday night. <laughs> That's good. That's actually really good. Now, you're playing Because you're right obviously now. winning, buddy. You're playing in a band right now, uh, sometimes that's uh, like a country cover band. I'm playing right? in a country band. Well, it's not entirely a cover band. It's, okay, uh, so it's about originals. half and half. Yeah, we got oh, that's half cool. originals, half, that's cool. half covers. We're actually so, be doing a rodeo. We're doing uh, one of the tents in the rodeo. No kidding. That's coming cool. Coming up at the end of the month, yeah. That's cool. That's very cool. Well, uh, uh, and I know you you weren't a big country guy, so you probably had to learn a lot of country songs, didn't you? Yeah, I know... Uh, I, I was familiar with some of the songs, some of them not at yeah, all. Yeah. And it's funny because when we're hanging out, those those guys, they're all steeped in country. Yeah. I mean, they're so steeped in country that we took time off for hunting season. <laughs> that's good. Like that's, that's good. It's seriously that's a very, seriously very country, country man. Yeah. They all talk about their side-by-sides all the time. And um, if you don't know what that is, then you are obviously not country. Because <laughs> um, they, uh, you know, upgrade them and up, all this other stuff. Anyway, uh, but... <laughs> We just but, and down. I can't imagine what they think about me when they're like, well, yeah. you've heard the this artist before. I'm like, 
Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's been you're out like, for years. Uh, you're like, man, I just play guitar. Are you playing guitar or bass? In the I'm playing bass in this one. Yeah. You're like, I just play bass. Yeah, That's play what bass. I do. Play yeah. bass. Well, uh, anyway, I'm 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 glad you're doing that though. You know, it's a lot of fun. Expand, I like the guys. Expand your horizons. Oh, uh, the music's fun. You know, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's what it is. It's a good time. Love it. Love it. Um, we are smoking and toasting, not uh, musicians weekly, uh, but uh, but you know we like to talk about a little bit of everything. And right now we want to talk about some black chocolate stout from Brooklyn Brewery. I'm a fan of Brooklyn Brewery, and uh, this this chocolate stout is not something I've ever tried before. You haven't had this, have you? You haven't had the stout. Uh, I yeah, I've seen it before. I don't think I've actually had okay. it. Well, it's very interesting because, you know, when it comes to imperial stouts, very often you're seeing them in bombers, and this is just in a regular kind of a 12-ounce uh, bottle, which, as we have learned, by the way, doesn't mean you should lower your expectations. Because it says right on the label, this is winter 2021, mm-hmm. when it was brewed. Well, this is a, I, I'm really excited about this. I've been... Oh... <laughs> very classy looking label. Will you get your first uh your first whiff of this? This is a very very For all interesting. Of you yeah, it like is very classy. Little, very classy looking. A little, little uh, script uh little script on there. Mm-hmm. No no pictures or anything, but you know. Oh, Brooklyn, it smells good. Brooklyn smells, is very consistently good. It smells coffee, it smells mm-hmm. chocolate. It smells very bitter dark chocolate. Ooh, it is. It is like a dark chocolate bomb. You know, usually when you describe something as a chocolate bomb, you're talking about that slightly sweeter, uh, more uh, maybe milk chocolatey thing. This is not that at all. This is like, you know, I really... No, this is bitter like some of my exes. This is like... <laughs> this is not sweet at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> like some of your exes. Uh, no, so this is... A, no, this is actually... It's really a taste sensation. It reminds me... There are these down at the store uh, downstairs in my building uh, in Phoenicia. They have all these great like nuts and 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 different things. One of the things they have is is dark chocolate almonds. They come in a little tub, I love and this those. reminds me of that. It's just so dark and dense and Ridiculous, gritty. Yeah. So and wonderful. if you go by Bucky's, oh dude, you can get the dark chocolate. Uh, roasted pecans. Oh yeah, they're great. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they really are. Bucky's. Yeah, this is not sweet. This is a, an imperial stout that has very little sweetness. It is bitter right. and ridiculous. It doesn't have any of that marshmallowy. It's very coffee-like. Yeah, it's bitter very too. coffee and uh, dark chocolate. Honestly, it is. It is almost like equal parts coffee and dark chocolate. This is beautiful in that way. Like you know, when you open baking chocolate, and it smells so good, but then mm-hmm. you taste it, it's so incredibly bitter. Because we've all done that when we were a kid, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, what? But this is beautiful in that way because it yes. is. Like you expect this to be tons sweeter than it is, and it's not. And, it's- and the coffee vibe is almost more espresso. It's like mm-hmm. really dark and intense. It's really good. This is a delicious stout. This is what people are afraid of when they see a dark beer. This is literally what they expect it to be like. I don't it's think you should incredibly dark, incredibly bitter. And I don't wonderful. think you should fear this beer at all. It's very as well, I'm dark and about roasty. The, it's very accessible, though. I'm talking about the people that buy the uh, macro brew for the right, vortex bottle. Right, you know, right. when they go, I'll drink that dark beer. <laughs> this is literally what they're talking about, and it's a beautiful thing because of it. So, speaking of macro beer, we mentioned obviously Super Bowl is this weekend. Hold on, NFL. <laughs> $78. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the, the Super Bowl is this weekend, which almost always means a fresh round of at least an attempt to be really creative uh, advertising from Budweiser. You may remember it was the Super Bowl several years ago. 
when the Dilly Dilly campaign took yeah, flight. Yeah. Uh, so I have no idea what to expect this year, but um, it'll be interesting can, to see what these How can we put out a do. campaign to make fun of people that buy beers that we buy breweries that make those, <laughs> those beers. beers? I know. It makes no sense. And, and to me, what I, what I loved slash hated about that campaign was that they were just so blatantly making fun of you if you liked something better. If you like flavor. Yeah. Remember, it's for Bud, the many. Bud Light is for the many. This is kind of like being in uh, high school where people would make fun of you for being smart. Right. Right. Yeah, that's something yeah. to be made fun of for, yeah, right? You're such a nerd. You're so smart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Th- cool. That's dumb. Let's, let's, see who, <laughs> let's see who can hold a job once school is out, you know? Uh, but no, seriously... There's always I'm, uh, it's almost more interesting than the game in many ways is is waiting to see what Budweiser is going to do. Will they literally embarrass themselves again? <laughs> now, I got to admit, as much as I'm not a fan of the beer, the Clydesdales are pretty darn cool, and I enjoy seeing them. And they often only drag them out at Christmas and Super Bowl uh, for their commercials. But I do enjoy seeing the Clydesdales, even if they are like pretending that they're playing football. So, uh. one of the best macro brew experiences I ever had was uh, I was in Florida, oddly enough, mm-hmm. and I went to uh, I believe it was SeaWorld there. They have the uh, hospitality house. There. Mm. They had the Clydesdales and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's so cool! Because they're sea creatures, and they give you free beer. You gotta love that. And it was okay. You know, yeah. I mean, that's so sorry. It's a nice looking. The price place was from, right. The price was right. You know, <laughs> um, uh, but. And I love the, the, the marketing that Budweiser does, the classic marketing. You know, I mean, everyone, like, who didn't want one of those big, badass Budweiser mirrors? Way oh, back yeah, back in the day, you sure. You know, those super, like, gaudy, beautifully. I will, I will admit something to you. I used to have oh, and yeah. actually use a Budweiser beach towel with Spuds McKenzie on it. <laughs> <laughs> but the classic... The classic uh, uh, marketing for those was so effective. It's like Jack Daniels, old number seven. Sure, sure. You know, I, I don't like that whiskey. I like almost everything else that Jack Daniels does, but that whiskey I just don't think is good. But their marketing is brilliant. Like mm-hmm. you want to be a part of that Jack Daniels label. You want to be a part of Budweiser's label. Miller never achieved that. No, but, even though they made better beer, they never achieved. And that. Michelob never achieved that. But Budweiser really got that status. Like you wanted that stuff. And I and there's a brilliance to that. And now they're just they've spent the last thirty years trashing that. Absolutely trashing that. Yeah, yeah. It's we'll see what happens at the Super Bowl. It's kind of sad. It'll be it'll be fun to watch. It's always uh, it's always fun to watch. Well, this chocolate. Stout is absolutely delicious, but I don't know if anything can hold a candle. You want some more of this? <laughs> I don't know if anything can hold Look a candle. Look how sickly that, that looks. Shalai. It looks so bad. It is just, this, it's just, it looks as nasty as it tasted, I can tell you. And I don't know if you You know what? That's that. probably room temperature now. You want to see how it stands up? I do not. <laughs> I do not. I have, uh, I, I have, I have a customed my taste buds to a fine, fine Glen Scotia whiskey and a really delicious uh, black chocolate stout. I, I do not wish to go back. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. this is a lot like a Budweiser if you took the Budweiser and threw it away and bought real beer. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That works for me. Yeah, that absolutely works for me. Oh, man. All right. So we're going to take a break. This, this bottle is neither cold activated nor vortex on the yeah, neck. Yeah, and somehow. And the beer is still the good. The beer is still good. Yeah, how does that even happen? I don't know. Maybe you could vortex me some more in there while we take a break. <laughs> I got you uh, back. It's Smoking and Toasting. We will be uh, right back with our uh, wrap-up finale and tell you what we have coming up in the next couple of weeks here on the show. We're very excited. Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. We are so thrilled to be here for you on this uh, on this uh, unseasonably warm day here for us in Texas. It's I got shorts and a t-shirt. Seventy on. degrees outside. It's absolutely awesome. I wore a Hawaiian or polo shirt. I guess wore a Hawaiian shirt just to uh, just to celebrate and be excited. It occurred to me that we kind of teased uh, on the show. Actually, we put it in the title. Uh, that we would talk about the best whiskeys of 2021, and we haven't talked about it. So I'm going to try to cover this real quick in our final I see an uh, Angel's Envy here. bottle in the picture. You see what? I saw an Angel's Envy bottle in the picture. That's always a good sign. Uh, those, so there's 15 whiskeys. This is a list from Paste, which, by the way, I love Paste as an online. They, they cover all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. They do a TV, weekly TV power rankings. They do uh, stories about music, all kinds of stuff. Uh, but they did a, uh, a list of the 15 best new whiskeys of 2021. So these are all going to be things that came out in 2021. Let's go down this list real quickly. The Balvenie Edge of Burnhead Wood. It's a $300 bottle. Mm. You know what we got to do, Ian? We got to get the Balvenie boys back on and see if they'll bring in yes, some of that please. for us to taste. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, the Bardstown Bourbon Company Discovery Series number 5, a $130 bottle of whiskey. So um, okay. The boys at Paste apparently have some discretionary income. Also coming in at uh, $300. Is that Barrel, I Barrel see? Craft Spirits Gold Label. Now, we've had Barrel. We've had uh, representatives from Barrel uh, on, on the show before. Yeah, yeah. But they've never brought us anything from the Gold Label series. So that would be a very interesting uh, thing to try. Booker's Bourbon Bardstown Batch, a $90 bottle, which seems... Downright Booker's, affordable. Yeah. Booker's is so good. I've got about that much little book. Oh, the left. little book. I finished mine so Le- fast. And I just I keep looking at I it. I just going, drank it. I want it, but I just I, I I don't I don't want to not have it anymore. You know, it's one of those uh, have your bookers and drink it too. Yeah, it's that's difficult. Right. Buzzard's Roost, barrel strength straight bourbon whiskey coming in at eighty five dollars. Haven't seen that one. Uh yeah. Some whiskey geeks they say still turn up their nose at bourbon from non producer distillers, but some of them uh, in the market are actually on the forefront of experimentation, even if they don't distill their own. One of those is Buzzard's Roost. They say the Cascade Moon Edition number two, a two hundred and fifty dollar bottle uh, from Cascade Hollow wow. Distilling, uh, better known to bourbon drinkers as just George Dickel. So uh, after their flagship brand, uh, Diageo special releases Lagavulin twelve year, the Lion's Fire. I just like the name. Like uh, I would buy that just for the name. Oh, if I had an what's extra the price coming 150 up? bucks to Ouch, spare. Ouch, yeah. Lagavulin, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. a fan of Lagavulin. I, but that's that's also going to be very smoky and very peaty. All right, so can you come up with 70 bucks? Yeah. Because if you can, you can get the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof Bourbon C921. Uh, Elijah Craig's great. <clears throat> yeah, they, even, even if you buy just their 
like least expensive. It's so good. Uh, yeah, like, it's thirty five you know? bucks and, and it's fantastic. Like, totally works. Absolutely, one hundred percent. It's got. It, you know, I it's actually got have that, that barrel proof at the house. It's got that. Com- it's got that in common with. Um, uh, with Buffalo Trace. Yep. It's not expensive, but, but it's just high that quality. That barrel proof that you have on there was actually yeah. a gift from Alan Denny. I have that ah, at the house. It's Alan fantastic. Denny. Yeah. Nice, nice. By the way, we have Hard a to show. find. We have a show coming up. Not Alan Denny, but the whiskey. Yeah, no, Alan Denny's usually fairly easy he's to find. He's pretty easy to find. Yeah, he's just a, head for the bar. A cigar shop, yeah. Head for the bar, you can find him. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of Alan Denny, by the way, we have a show uh, scheduled to go down there and smoke on his back deck, and uh, I think Trenton from Oliva is going to join us. So that'll be fun. That's going to be fun. Uh, also on the list at one hundred and fifty dollars, the Four Roses Limited Edition Small Batch, the twenty twenty one release. Uh, four Roses Man, at one hundred and fifty dollars. You, you almost can't go wrong with Four Roses, though. You know, well, it's kind of it's kind of like Elijah Craig. It's like yeah. there's not really anything in their line that's not like good to quote. Campbell Soup. <laughs> How about Old Fitzgerald Spring 2021? It's an eight-year. Uh, sale price is $85 for that. Old Forester's Birthday Bourbon 2021. Now, this is the one that comes on a funny-looking squat right, it's kind, kind of, of bottle. Right, yeah. yeah, it looks like the uh, uh, Pirat like the... Rum bottle. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's $130, suggested retail. Old Forester Rye Single Barrel Cask Strength. Ain't nothing wrong 80 with that. Bucks, yeah. 80 bucks for the bottle on that. Oh, for the whole Old Forester line, though, man, you can't go wrong with any of it. The Prohibition mm-hmm. style, the Bottle and Bond, any, it's so good. Man, go old Forester. Parker's Heritage number fifteen, heavy char wheat whiskey. Don't know. One hundred and forty dollars. Does sound interesting, doesn't it? Remus Repeal Reserve Series Five uh, or Series V, uh, ninety dollars on that one. And Russell's Reserve thirteen year at seventy bucks for the whiskey. Uh, Russell's Reserve makes some pretty respectable stuff. They really do. Uh, Sweetens Cove Tennessee Bourbon is on the list, and then they have a few additional spirits here. Ron Abuelo, Two Oaks, Años Rum, uh, that is on the list. Appleton Estate, 15-year Black River Cask Rum. Interesting. Is on the list. That one, $65. Chairman's Reserve Legacy Rum, $43. Holmes Key, South Africa, MOBA 2017 Rum at $109. And Montgay Rum, Master Blender Collection, and Dean Oak at $109. And $95. Some tequila. Uh, the Basote Tequila Reposado at $59. The Patch, P-A-T-S-C-H, Tequila Blanco at $68. Those are bizarre-looking bottles. Look yeah, them up. They, they almost look like they've got a... Uh, glass a, knuckles. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Not brass knuckles, but glass knuckles on the side of the bottle. Uh, and then Bonus Awards Best Pure Value in Bourbon. The Evan Williams 1783 Small Batch. At $20 a bottle. Evan Williams, small batch. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, uh, think about that and remember that. So uh, so that's the that's the bulk of the list, but I wanted to share that because it was in the title of the show for today. So I thought <laughs> maybe we shouldn't skip it. Uh, it's been a fun show. Thank you for uh, yes, uh, sir. For, in, for bringing this uh, this whiskey. It was so good. I'm just, uh, I'm now enjoying going back and forth between it and the uh, Brooklyn Stout. Uh, it's really absolutely delicious and shows you what a great beer 
and a great whiskey can do. Yeah, these actually pair together really well. Really beautiful. Well, thank you guys for uh, being with us on today's show. I want to let you know about a couple of things upcoming. Peter Clifton joins us next week. He is one of our cocktail experts here on the show, Mm -hmm. and he'll be making some interesting and delicious cocktails. for. It's uh, fun. We have two cocktail experts, and they're so very different. They're very different from each other. Very different. It's it's fun to have that, that dichotomy. One's an entrepreneur, and one changes jobs frequently. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's just the way it goes. Uh, Jordan Davis will join us in two weeks. He is with Heaven's Door, the oh, yeah, uh, Bob Dylan so whiskey. Uh, so looking forward to that. I think they've got some new stuff. You know, stuff. when he was on last time, no, it wasn't Jordan. Was it Jordan that was on last time? He was on with us. He yes. was on with us. Okay, yeah. he gave us those uh, those cigar spikes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took and sharpened one of them, and it's fantastic. works great as a cigar spike, but... The other one I use constantly to uh, purge my lighters. It's perfect. Tool. You know what I use mine for? What's Whenever that? I have a, a cigar that like is a little blocked, uh, I use it to use uh, it as punch a reamer through. Yeah, and uh, and create uh, an airway, and it, it works nice. pretty darn well. Yeah, those are so good. They're so awesome. Yeah, very good. So Jordan will be back. And then on uh, the 3rd of March, Sean Anger joins us. Sean was on the program. That's Fox and Seeger. Uh, Fox and Seeger, yeah. He was on the program when we did that martini challenge, yeah. if you remember. So and he's got a barrel-rested uh, 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 gin. Yes. He knew right. that I liked a barrel-rested gin, so he reached out to me, and I was like, okay, we just got to make that a show. And then on the 10th of March... Brandon Choate will join us. He's with Five Points Distilling. Nice. So we're looking forward to figuring out what uh, what he has to talk about. So great things ahead of us. Lots of drinking, lots of smoking, and that's the way, quite frankly, we like it. Also, couldn't think of it from a couple weeks ago. It's Texas Leaguer. That was the name of the uh, yes, baseball Texas theme. Thank you. Thank you for uh, <laughs> finally Leaguer. coming through. Uh, so cheers to Texas Leaguer. Yes. Cheers to Brooklyn Brewery. This stout is fantastic. Agreed. And uh, really all the beers today were just absolutely over the top. Yeah, and today this, was a good show, except for that good. first one. Yeah, well, yeah, that one doesn't count. Although, you know, again, look Mr. at this. It's, uh, it's, it's it room gets, temperature. It gets I dare you to try it. It's more disgusting as time goes by. It, you know what? It looks terrible. It looks like swill is what it does. Oh, it smells worse. <laughs> Uh, thank How, you. It's been sitting here just since the beginning of the show, and it smells yeah. like day-old beer. Oh well, it probably <laughs> probably was day-old beer when it went into the can. Uh, thank you, everybody, for being a part Sold of the program. Sold a lot, everybody. Uh, thank you for uh, joining <laughs> us, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Until then, we raise our glasses to you and say, "Cheers, y'all!" Cheers, y'all! Sometimes.